Hello and welcome to episode 101 of the Massive Attack Podcast. I'm Joe and with me as always is Mitch. Hello. And we're back for another month. We're back from outer space. Yeah. We're going to keep going. No, don't. <laughs> keep talking. Because, you know, people would drop off in droves. Not that we have droves of <laughs> listeners anyway, but they would still drop off. Anyway, it's what, been... What's a drove? I don't know. I'm not sure if it's a uh, numerical thing. Does something to do with droving? I don't think so. Oh. I think droving is an Australian expression, isn't it? Is it? I don't know. No? I should look it up. You should. Yeah, maybe. Go to drove.com. <laughs> not that we're endorsing that website. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been about a month since the last recording. We haven't done a mini in between because life's just been going on. But we're back. Yep. And we have our usual stuff to talk about. Let's so start then. Should we start with games? games? Yes. Have you gamed? I've gamed a lot. A lot. So I don't know if you want me to go first because I've got a few things to You've talk got a lot about. I want to talk about than me. Well, I have decided that they had a bit of a special going for spring on Xbox where you could get Xbox Game Pass for three months for a dollar. <laughs> spring so you, or autumn? Well, it was spring here. Well, actually, it was spring in America, but it was autumn here, but they called it the spring sale. Oh. And I figured I'd kind of been tempted by Game Pass a little bit in the past, mm-hmm. but I'd never really jumped. But the idea of paying a dollar for three months worth of Game Pass, I thought, well, even if I don't use it, it's only a dollar. Mm-hmm. But in that time since I have used it, I've played quite a lot. That's good. So the concept That's of, value for money there, right there. Mm, well, exactly. I figured most of the games on it are older games, but I can't remember the last time I bought a new release game and played it at release time, probably other than Gears of War 4. Yep. But, yeah, most of the stuff is older. The concept is you pay for the membership and then you download the game, and as long as you've got your membership, you can play that game. Yes. I don't know what happens once you don't have your membership. I'm sure it'll... It just means you... You'll try and play and it'll yeah. say you don't own this game sort of thing. But... I went through the listings and I was like, well, I like that. I like the idea of that. I like that. So I thought, yeah, I'll give it a go. Dollar. So, so far, I started off playing a game called Mud Runner, mm-hmm. which is basically a trucking simulator, what? which is probably right up your alley. A trucking simulator. Oh, really annoying, is it? Yeah, it's trucking. <laughs> oh. And at first I thought, yeah, this game's great. Yes. But then I realized really it is really fucking hard. So it's essentially you don't get bogged the game. Well, you do get bogged, mm. and it's all about... It's all about traction. Yeah. So you're in mud in four-wheel drive sort of vehicles, and you're going... Well, that's the concept. Yeah. But you're also driving heavy hauler trucks and stuff, mm. and other vehicles that aren't designed to drive through mud. So you start your tutorial level, and you're just in a Land Rover, and it teaches you how to corner and how to use like diff locks, and it, it's very technical. Yeah. I'm sure if you were a four-wheel drive person you would have a knowledge of how to drive a four-wheel drive and know that you put your locks on and you you know let the air out of your tires a little bit or whatever you do to so you hire like training hasn't really helped you no definitely not so anyway in the in the tutorial you're driving a land rover which is four-wheel drive and it's easy enough and then it's like okay you can either go into challenges or you can start just the story mode of the game and i thought well I'll start with challenges because they're saying the challenges are a good way to learn because it teaches you how to do specific things. And the first challenge that I started, you're in just a truck and you have to drive to a certain area to hook on a trailer. And it took me probably 10 attempts just to be able to hook the trailer on properly. And then from there, you need to drive the trailer to a logging yard to drop off your load of logs. 
But Good job, I <laughs> Yeah, not a euphemism. But there's asphalt roads, or you can save a bit of time and go off-road through puddles. And as soon as you go through a puddle, you get bogged. Mm. And you have a winch on the front of your truck to help you get out of the bog. But there's like special individual challenges. It's kind of third person, but one of the challenges is if you play it in cabin mode, which is first person, you get an extra points. And I tried doing that and I kept hitting things because you have such a limited field of vision. And I was like, well, I'm not going to do that. So it's giving you a, a, an appreciation for driving a lorry? Well, yeah, it does. Yeah. But yeah, I thought, you know, it took me a couple of attempts before I gave up. And then I tried again and then I gave up. And eventually I managed to get the trailer hooked onto the truck and I drove the truck to the destination. And I was like... some beer over the county line? You did, yeah. It was exactly what you had to do. No, you had to take logs to this logging yard. And it looks like you're in the middle of Chernobyl or something. It's like no one around. There's all these like desolate blocks of flats and stuff. And then there's this trucking yard. But I got there and I'm like, yep, I finally finished this mission. And then it's like, you now need to reverse the trailer into the, the position. And I just could not reverse a trailer. Every in cabin mode? No. You, you can do that in third person mode, yeah. which was what I was trying to do. And you can swap the camera to be looking at the front of the truck or looking at the back of the truck. But when you move to the back of the truck, like your axis of your steering is reversed. So I'm pushing right thinking, yep, I'm going to turn right, but I'm turning left. Yeah, but that's how you reverse the trailer. Well, I don't that's fucking right. know how to reverse. Yes, I can't even yeah, reverse park yeah, my hatchback. It's counterintuitive. Yes. But if you want the trailer to go left, you've got to turn right. Yeah. That's why I don't drive trailers. But as soon as you put you know, any acceleration on, the trailer fucking jackknifes. Or if you don't put enough power on, the trailer gets bogged because you're not going fast enough to get through the, the mud. So after yeah, about... Like well, after about four attempts of like reversing and turning it off and coming said, back the next day and trying shit. to reverse it, yeah, I did. I was like, fuck that in the bin. I'm going to play something else. Well, if, it would be great if they brought in other movies for this. Like I, I did an, I, I talked about Cannonball Run. Yeah. Before. You've got to do one where you got to transfer dynamite. It's very volatile. You like can't. in the movie Sorcerer. Ah. Or Wages of Fear. I was thought you were going to say Wages of Fear. Yeah. Yes, same movie. Oh, oh, is it's it? just foreign. Yes, okay. one's a remake. But yeah, but that's where, you know, these guys are transporting holy volatile dynamite in trucks. You could have like a scene if there was multiplayer and you could do the bit from Smokey the Bandit 2 where all the trucks like pan out. Awesome. But no, no it's, it's all kind of dreary forests and drizzle and puddles. and So not fun? No. Okay. I thought it was fun the first couple of times. And then when I realized how hard it was, I was like, no, this is not fun. And gaming should be fun. Should be. So I got rid of that. Yeah. And I then tried Scream Ride, which is a kind of roller coaster simulator. And you make as scariest ride you possibly can. Yeah. You and, you, and you get, ride, well, there's, yeah. there's different modes in it. There's the riding the roller coaster mode, which is where you have to, use your thumbsticks and accelerate at the right time and make sure you don't fall off the tracks, which is kind of fun. Or there's engineering mode, whereas you make the tracks. And then there's another mode where they've got these like fake buildings and you have to shoot people in capsules into these buildings to knock them over. So it's kind of like Angry Birds almost. But that's probably the most fun of the modes. Cool. And my eight-year-old and, my, and myself were having a good game of that. And then I realized that if you actually held the release button down, it gave you like a guide of where the, the ball was going to go. And then I got much better. Yeah. So, yeah. So I've played a little bit of that. There's also Mortal Kombat 11, I think it is. No. Mortal, no, it's the one before that, Mortal Kombat XL that's on there. And I've played a little bit of that. And that's kind of cool. Very much just your normal Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. The fatalities are, are kind of cool. There's ones where you go into like x-ray mode and you can see the bones breaking and neck Lovely. snapping and stuff. Just like Romeo Must Die. 
the Jet Li classic. Yeah, it, exactly like that. Hmm. Uh, and also the Fight Club game. But it wasn't very good, but that was a good dynamic there, hadn't it? But what I have played a lot of is Shadow of the Tomb Raider, mm. which I think came out last year, probably early last year. And it's the third of the new incarnations of the Tomb Raider series. Cool. And yeah, I'm really digging that. It's the same sort of gameplay as the other ones, more action adventure and less about solving the puzzles and doing the tombs. They've made a lot of the tombs more, I guess, optional. The graphics look good. The story's involved. It's nice to play. I think I'm about a third of the way through that. It tells me I'm 28%, but I think that's counting all the collectibles and stuff. So I think I am a bit further in the story than than I thought I was. But yeah, so that's Game Pass. I have also been playing one other game on the Xbox, and that's Plants vs. Zombies Garden Warfare 2. Because Are you a Plants vs. Zombie guy? Well, it's not really Plants vs. Zombies. It's actually a, a third-person shooter. And it originally, I think, was one of the games for gold titles a few months ago. And my son was playing it, and he was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Do you want to play? And then we realized there's like a horde mode where you can play split screen. And since then, we've been playing quite a bit of that. It is it is a shooter. And I think my wife's a little bit iffy about my eight-year-old playing a shooter. On rails or like you move things around? No, it's, you move around. It's completely, it's like playing Gears, only instead of running around with a lancer and a, a chainsaw, you're a plant and you're shooting seeds out of your mouth or you're a zombie and you're doing zombie stuff. But the gameplay is really good. It flows nicely and it's kind of a nice PG shooter. Awesome. So you're enjoying that? I, I would recommend that too. Is there a story yes. or is it just that horde mode? So it's. I think it does have a story, but I've only played the horde mode because that's the, the game you can play on split screen and that's yeah. what I've been doing with my son. So. Okay. Yeah, so that's my gaming. Yeah, well, what have I been doing? I finished Darksiders 3 after all that time. I don't know if I finished the last time I spoke to you, but that is done and dusted. Would I say it was satisfying? You know, when you get to a game where you go, I just want to roll the credits on this thing. Let's just finish it. It wasn't like, what are they going to do next? It wasn't new things. It wasn't like, oh, well, they've really innovated a lot here. It was Also, unfortunately, I had a bit of a break between playing it, so I got back to it going, I don't know where I am. Yeah, I, don't I know think what to do anymore. the last time we recorded, you were saying that you had to go and find a YouTube clip just yeah, to and find was, where you were. Essentially, essentially, I was like, alright, what am I doing? Just let's, let's get to the end of this. So, I finished it, it's done, I'm happy. Good. So I needed a new game. I think, oh, they announced Borderlands was coming. It's like, oh, that's cool, but that's like months away. It's like, yep. I've got time for one more game in between because I'm slow. But it's like, what do I want to play? And I think I tried a few things. I can't remember what they were, but it's like, no, no, no. And I was like, I've got a Sherlock Holmes game there. Let's play that one. We're sitting on the hard drive. Couldn't be bothered going to the shelf. I did, oh, Battleborn. I tried Battleborn again. Oh, okay. was, it was the guys who did Borderlands. It was their sort of Overwatch that came out the same week as Overwatch, I think. Yeah. It was an mul- online multiplayer shooter up game that no one seemed to care about for whatever reason because everyone played Overwatch so I got it for five bucks we played it once a few months ago and yeah. I thought I'd give it a go again and I had three attempts at starting it didn't get very far played it like late at night so I got to bed come back I'll try next time didn't save what I'd done three times it's like in the bin with you I'm done <laughs> it wasn't capturing me enough to go I don't mind doing this three freaking times because yeah. I'm not getting anywhere it may be great if I go further I wouldn't know but it's done so yeah so I did the Sherlock Holmes and the Devil's Daughter which is I think the third in a Sherlock Holmes series of games by the same developer so it's not one case like I've done two Sherlock Holmes game I don't think I finished the second one 
from memory. It was on the 360. It was during that whole, um, you know, my transition of 360 games, but I bought an Xbox One and I was sort of like transitioning over and then I sort of jumped over the Xbox One and some of those games got lost in the shuffle. Yeah, so it's multiple cases building to one big story kind of thing. And is it like a point and click adventure? No, 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 no. First person or third person, you can change. Um, You walk around and you click on things, you, you know, you move your... Optical, reticle, what do they call it on those games? Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> if it changes its icon status over certain things, you can look at them and you can put in Sherlock Holmes vision, which makes sense because Sherlock Holmes is smart, so he knows certain things. So it sort of goes into all black and white things and certain things stand out in gold. Like, it's like, oh, that's something of interest. I'll go yeah. have a look at that. Because okay. Sherlock Holmes will know these things. You know, yeah, you, you're would. not meant to know these things because you're not Sherlock Holmes. So this sort of Sherlock vision helps you find certain things and you put it together. And then you get clues and you build up clues and it's like, oh, go talk to this guy. So you get a map and you can travel to different places around London and put on disguises and there's little mini games in there where you've got to follow someone and not be seen. So you get to hide around corners and not let them get too far away and not be caught. And another one where you're a boy, like one of his Baker Street Irregulars following a guy and to climb up a ladder and walk across beams and there was balancing. You had to do the two thumbsticks and follow the things on screen. So I had to keep the things in a circle. Yep. They kept moving out on you. So you had to use a left and right stick independently trying to work two different oh it's very confusing and so that's to stop your balance so you don't fall off in your balance and then there's bits where you're going into venues and you've got to eavesdrop so you've got to pick a spot to stand and it tells you where Yeah. and then you've got to listen so you've got to do the same thing with the left and right stick and to successfully eavesdrop on people. So there's little sort of mini games in a way in that. And yep. then you've got your clues you've got to pull together and talk to this guy and ask these questions and you've got to make observations on people. So you zoom up and down a person and there's sort of the receptacle or whatever it is. Well, um, that's what you piss into, isn't it? Or drink from? <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> I, I'm hoping you drink from it first before you piss into it. I don't, I don't well, know. There's nothing to drink through mm. if you don't piss in it. Okay. Yeah, so you sort of like do an observation of a person and tells you if you're right or wrong. I don't know why they're tell you this you should stick with what you say anyway so yeah you get these clues and you sort of put them together and then you get this clue and this clue and like oh those two join together and if you're right it'll form a cluster of clues in like this brainstem and when you get enough clues come together they'll all sort of join up and come together and there's like here and here and then you get this big gold orb in the middle when you sort of got a conclusion yeah. but you say oh this happened or this happened you make a choice so i'm not sure if you're right or wrong it's like okay. oh this this is my this is my conclusion yeah and i've, I've arrested somebody and they go oh it wasn't me and this and that it's like do i doubt myself but there's repercussions coming on because i i got someone charged before and i'm getting death threats now yeah. and is <laughs> it ye oldie worldy sherlock or yeah, is yeah, it yeah. Bended, bended, victorian uh, time no no victorian no, it's time. not bended um, about sherlock yeah, so it's cool. Like, I'm, I'm digging it for that. So I've, you know, charged a few people. And at the end, it's sort of like you found all the clues. One, I convicted one guy and he only found nine of the 16 clues. So I hope it did all right. We'll see where, where it goes at the end. But okay. I'm finding it. Yeah, the second one I lost me a bit. I was sort of like, I'm confused what I'm doing. I don't know. This one seems to make it a little more, little more sense. But yeah, nice. I like my Sherlock and this is kind of nice little paste game i don't have to do too much there's really cool fight sequences as well where a guy's attack me in a bar so you sort of like got two things you got to choose to do you grab the stool like two things are glowing and you got to like move your thumbstick and highlight one of them and hit a button and you get killed if you do the wrong one a bit like the old space ace or oh, yeah. the real point and click adventures no, no, no oh yeah dragon lord Dra- Dra- dragon dragon Land? no that yep. that, Don that one animated yes. thing yeah, yeah. dragon quest <laughs> so it's like, was it no yeah i don't know something you know but what yeah, we're talking so it's about it's like at the right time push left or right yeah yeah but yeah so you make a choice so there's one is either hit his hat or grab the gun 
if you grab the gun, you get shot if you hit his hat. So therefore, you've got to replay the whole scenario again and get the next bit right for the next one. So you sort of there might be seven or eight bits in the process to get through. So it's kind of frustrating if you've done it five times. It's like just let me through. But I have found there's two bits where you're meant to be sneaking around a graveyard and they're looking for you and you're hiding. So you've got to avoid where the guys are looking for you, the night watchman. And there's a button that says skip. So I can skip this bit. Thank you. And you pressed it and you skipped across the graveyard rather than walking. I just went straight to the end and didn't have to avoid them. It's like, because after the fourth time, I was ready to rage quit. Yeah. So, oh, I can skip this bit. Thank you. So, nice. Yeah, so I'm digging that. So that's it for gaming. Oh, actually, I just started a new game. Yeah. On the, I was watching my wife on her iPad playing something. It's like, what's that? And then she'd hand it over every now and then. It's called Wordscapes. So you get like a circle of letters. Yep. And there's like almost a crossword above it with gaps, like a three-letter crossing over a four-letter and that sort of thing. And you've got to make as many words out of those letters and they'll sort of appear yep. up there when you get them right. And it's sort of like, oh, that's kind of brainy and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been playing that for the last few days. Hmm. I fell into the trap of playing one called World Stack, and I think it's kind of like a finder word, but when you find the words, the rest of them drop down and then it's easy to find the next word. Oh. But I was kind of hooked on that for a little while and then I realised that it was just wasting my time, so I stopped playing. Well, I, I like to think it's making me smarter at the moment. Mm. It goes with my letters and numbers thing at the moment. Actually, there was another one kind of similar to what you're saying called Word, Word Java and you're in a coffee cup and you had letters floating in your coffee that, cup. Well, when I went looking for it, because I was like, what's that game you're playing? And I yeah. went looking and there's a lot. There is just thousands of these word type games. So, yeah. But the good thing with Word Java is you got extra points for finding words that weren't the words that were well, on there the are list. bonus words. In yeah, there, yes. and then if you didn't know what the words were, you could click on it and it gave you a little dictionary meaning of the words. Oh, yeah. So you could be learning stuff. Mm. But yes. All right. That's anyway, games. That's TVs. games. Well, You've been watching The Small Box. I have. And in a sort of similar sort of theme, I have been watching an interactive show with my kids on Netflix. So I've actually taken advantage of almost all of my streaming services this last month. So we'll start with Netflix. But we've been watching the Bear Grylls show You vs. Wild. And my kids had no idea who Bear Grylls was. And I, they are blissfully ignorant. They yeah. didn't have to know. And you've kind of ruined it by introducing them to Bear Grylls. Well, I think this is aimed at children. He doesn't drink his own piss anywhere in this program at all. So I, I'm assuming he doesn't have a receptacle. Mm. Uh, I'm assuming that it is more to do with kids. But basically, it starts off with a scenario. He sets the premise and it's like, well, these people have been lost in the wilderness. I'm going to go and save them. Let's do it sort of thing. And you're given choices. So it's, do we fly the helicopter in here and then land and then walk back? Or do we fly the helicopter over there and like rappel down from the helicopter? And on your remote, you make the choice and there's different videos that are filmed for each different choice. And at the end of this 30 minute episode, you work out whether you've killed Bear Grylls or whether you've actually completed the mission. Sounds like bloody blazing the monster machines. You yell out when you see this thing's coming. Well, it, it is kind of that concept, but you do change the story by picking the different things. And I think there is, I think it's either six or eight episodes in the season. And my little one loved him. Like there was one episode where he was lost in the snow and he didn't drink piss, but he found a bear turd and it was like, well, there could be nutrition in this bear turd. I could pick the berries out and eat them, or I could go and eat the bark off this fir tree. Do not eat that bear turd. You've got to go and do the tree. And he's like, no, we're We're eating the poo. poo. (laughs) And he's like, well, if I eat this poo, I'll get sick sort of thing. But it's... It's fun enough for the kids, and it was entertaining enough for grown-ups as well, I think. So we, we enjoyed that. Sticking on Netflix, I've also watched a few episodes of a little anthology collection they've got called Love, Death and Robots. I've heard lots of good things. So it's an anthology series about robots in very different styles of animation. Yeah, I think there's about... 
15 separate episodes. Different, varying different lengths. And they're all, yeah, they're all different lengths. They're all different animators. No common theme other than the fact that most of them have like robots death in and robots. Well, a couple of them didn't even have love in them. Oh. But from what I've heard as well is it's unlike other Netflix things where it gives you a specific order. The order is completely random depending on whose Netflix you're on. I don't think it affects which episodes are good and which episodes aren't good. So far, I've watched probably about six of them. But my favourite was one called Suits, and it is these, yeah, it's these sort of kind of space rednecks that are in these massive mech suits that they normally use for farming and then aliens come and attack and they have to then go and defend their farm using these mech suits and just the animation style on that particular episode i really loved it's kind of cell shaded but not quite but it reminded me a lot of borderlands even though they're in mechs so cool if you are going to watch anyone i would say start with that one start with the best well, I don't know. There's another one that's about this sort of Chinese fetish stripper sort of woman, and there is a lot of nudity in that one. So I would say if you're going to watch it, don't watch it with your kids. Okay. Because I was watching it, and then my little one came in the room, and he's like, oh, you're watching cartoons. Can I watch it with you? And I'm like, nope, quickly yeah, take this Daddy's off. watching porn. Leave him alone. Pretty much, yeah. Mm. But yeah, that's my Netflix for the month. Yep. I've also signed up again for YouTube Premium because the new season of Cobra Kai is out. Mm-hmm. That dropped on the 24th of April. So the whole season. This whole season in okay. one hit. And I'm now seven episodes into ten. Wow. I would say, well, they're only half hour episodes, so they, they're an easy watch. It's probably not quite as good as the first season because the first season was purely nostalgia for the Karate Kid. Yeah. Whereas this one, I think they have tried a bit too hard to make it a story. Mm. But the premise is that Sensei Chris has come back, who was like Johnny Bumped Sensei in, yeah. from, yeah, the guy that was in Rambo amongst other things. But he's come back and he's trying to sway Johnny back to the dark side. Mm. So, yeah. But I can see that it's building to probably a big finish, but I've got a funny feeling it's going to give us that hugely moralistic, even the bad guys can be good and let's all get together type finish. That's the way it's heading, but I'm not sure. But yeah, I'm seven episodes into that. I've also been watching a little bit of a show that was on Viceland in the States called Dark Side of the Ring. Yes, I've been meaning to see that. Well, when I first found out that it was coming, I went to the Viceland website and I was able to watch the first episode. Yep. And then they've announced that SBS here on the Viceland channel here in Australia will be showing it in June. So I went back to Viceland to try and find it again. And now every time I go there, it kind of region blocks me and puts me back to SBS On Demand. Yeah. And it's not on there yet. But I did manage to find episode two on YouTube. So I've now watched two episodes. Actually, I think I've watched episode one and episode three. But episode one was about Macho Man Randy Savage and his marriage with Elizabeth and how it kind of broke down after they'd already done their fake wedding on telly and that was actually really good it's interesting because they talk to a few wrestlers obviously the ones that are still alive because not a lot of them are anymore but they also have these reenactments and one of the reenactments that really got me is there's a bit where they're talking to linda hogan or Linda Belayer or whatever her name is, but Hulk's ex-wife. Yeah. And she's talking about how what it was like for Liz on the road and how Randy didn't like her being around the boys. And she makes reference to the fact that they used to do a lot of pranks on each other. Yes. And she mentions that people would shit in each other's suitcases yes. and they have this little reenactment of some generic wrestler squatting over someone else's luggage, <laughs> dropping a deuce. And it's like, of all the things you could do a reenactment for, that's what you went with. But that aside, it's it's actually a really good story. And I knew a little bit about the story of Liz and you know, how her and Randy were together and then they broke up and she got in with the wrong crowd and hung out with Lex Luger for a while and then OD'd on drugs. Mm-hmm. It's sad in that fact that it's 
talking about dead wrestlers, yep. but probably not as sad as episode three, which is all about the death of Bruiser Brody. That's the death in Puerto Rico. Yeah, and how he, he got like stabbed by a, a rival wrestler in the showers and then all the local Everyone Puerto Ricans sort of covered it up. It yeah, but that, that was quite interesting as well. I've, I've seen a couple of docos about Bruiser Brody, but this one was narrated by Mick Foley okay. and had interviews with Tony Atlas and Dutch Mantel, who was like rivals with Brody back Billy in the day. Duckett. Yeah, Billy Duckett's. And yeah, interviews with Abdullah the Butcher talking about how he knew nothing about wrestling, but he could bleed and take bumps. So he became a huge star sort of thing. So it's quite interesting. Okay. But yeah, so I've watched... As I said, two episodes of that. I think they're up to episode four because there's an episode on Bret Hart and the Montreal Screwjob. And there is another episode about the Von Erich family and the alleged Von Erich curse, which if you're not a wrestling fan from the old days. Well, yeah, but there was a, a family. Their dad was a wrestler and all the all the sons in the family became wrestlers. And is there three or four of them tragically died young, either through illness or suicide or just bad stuff. Mm. I guess probably the most famous of the Von Erichs was Kerry Von Erich, who wrestled as the Texas Tornado in WWE, WWF probably mm. at the time, who was famous for having a car accident and having his foot amputated. And he wrestled with one foot and tried to keep it a secret from promoters for a long time. I got away with it for a long time. Oh, you did no get away did. with it for a long time. Yeah. Damn good wrestler. And apparently he was just so drugged half the time that he was incoherent backstage. But as soon as he got through the curtain, he could perform like a superstar. Mm. So, yeah, I'm quite interested in watching that. But, yeah, if you want to watch it legally, it is coming in June on Viceland here in Australia and it will be on SBS On Demand. Cool. Or you can find it nefariously on YouTube. Yeah. But other than that, my only other TV watching, which again was on SBS On Demand, and it was based on something that you mentioned to me. I used to be a huge fan of the Ellison James Radio X podcast. Yes, I listened to it for a good while too. Yeah. And just recently they have been taken off the air because Radio X did a bit of a shake-up. So their podcast is no more. And it was a bit of a whirlwind, really. It's like they were talking on one episode, everything was normal. And then the next episode they come back and went... Sorry to tell you this, this is the last episode of the podcast because we're not going to be doing the show anymore. Wow. And it was like, well. Just having your job taken under you like that. Yeah. That's strange. And I, Ellis, I have no idea what that would be like. No. Well, Ellis's wife had just had a baby as well. So it's like, yeah. But John Robbins is a stand-up comedian and he dabbles a little bit in hosting TV game shows. And SBS On Demand has one of his shows called Beat the Internet. Mm, and it's, give us a concept. Is it a panel show with one comedian and on his right, there's like, when I say his, because it's always been, yep. it's two or three comedians on his right on a panel and two or three comedians on his left on his panel and they just talk shit. No. That's not that. No. Oh, and just to throw a spanner in the works, I have watched one of those panel shows where they have a female comedian. What? Yeah. As, as a host? Or? Yes. Oh, wow. What's her name? Mel from Bake Off. She hosts one called What's in a Name or something like okay. that where they ask questions about a specific name yeah. each episode. But anyway. So it's not what I like to it's not no. QI. No, it's not it, is, it is John Robbins. It's not Nevermind the Buzzcocks. No, it's not. It's not Mock the Wake or any of those other ones. Have you been paying attention? The Australian one? No. Uh, it, no, they've they got tiered seating. It's different. Uh, it's, it's not panel. It's tiered. No. Yeah. no. This is John Robbins. Yes. And another comedian as his offsider, who is the fact checker, kind of like Richard Osman on Pointless. Okay. But they have just civilians who are contestants, five of them lined up, and they play <coughs> internet-themed games. Okay. So the first, it's like a Google search engine. Yes. And they say, like, how big is A? And then you have to guess what the next you know, most popular word will be. And that's kind of all right. Yeah. And then they do another one where they have images and they have to link one particular word with five different images. And the quicker you answer it, the better points you get. Mm-hmm. 
And I think the final round, they have a particular name, like a first name, like John or whatever. And then they have 10 questions that lead singer of the Beatles and you have to say John Lennon. And it's, you have to answer as many as you can in 45 seconds. Okay. So they whittle the crowd down from the first round to the last round. It's very English. Yep. And it is very John Robbins. Uh And I think if you like John Robbins, you would probably like it. If you had no idea who John Robbins was, you would watch it and think... What a tosser. What a tosser. He's just like a skinny, weedy, English, very English, almost pompous. Yeah. 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 But it's 20 minutes. As I said, it was on SBS On Demand. It was an easy watch. I'm not sure what night of the week it's on SBS properly, but... It's no 8 out of 10 cats do No, count it's out. definitely not 8 out of 10 cats do count well, Fair enough. But yeah, but that's my TV. Fair enough. Me, not much, not much. Um, Doom Patrol continues to be entertainingly straight. My favourite new character has been introduced, and that's Danny Street. And Danny is a street, a literal street, <laughs> with shops and a cabaret bar. And it's a Danny Street, and it teleports, and it talks to you through signage. Okay. And then if you go on the street, you get to be who you really, truly are. And it's being chased by the Bureau of Normalcy, and it teleports out. That's great. It's just like, that's just strange and cool and weird. Hmm. So, yeah, weird shit going on. And there was the beard, oh, what was his name? The beard master. It was this, like, fat, annoying guy who lives with his mum, and he get introduced to this guy, and he's just a real, whi- whi- uh, like, whiny guy. And turns out, it's very Chew, if you remember the Chew thing, yep. that he gets his powers from eating people's hair. Okay. Or beards. Yeah. So, if he can eat a beard. So, he... Breaks into the Doom Patrol's mansion, fishes out the hair from the sink of, like, the leader and, and eats it, which is a gross scene. And then he's got all the knowledge of the guy. <laughs> and, and did someone give him $50 to eat a packet of pubes? And then they went, thanks, goat. <laughs> that's, that's a very specific reference and either you get that or you don't. Yeah, and it's just bizarre and weird and really played out effectively, but it reminded me a lot more of, like, the true comic book than it did of, like, the Doom Patrol comic book. Okay. But it was interesting, and I liked it. And the other thing, last night, they, Channel 9, pushed this big new drama TV, Timeless. So we had nothing else on. We just put it on and about these people who travel through time and fix things, and it was the Hindenburg or where they fixed it. I don't know. We missed the start. And it was interesting enough. And then I went and had a look on the IMDb, and it's actually into season two. Okay. Channel 9's just a bit behind, and they're just throwing it out there, I think. But it was like, hmm. oh, because I used to be on top of all these sort of genre TV shows whenever yep. they come out, but there's so many But now. there's so many channels now. It's hard to keep track. Up. Well, it just puts so much out there. Because, you know, I've got my nefarious means that you were talking about before, and it's just pages and pages of stuff that yep. I don't know what that is. And, mm. you know, I can just, and then you end up watching stuff like Knife or Death. Yeah, or More Shazam, which I have. <laughs> yeah, so it's cool. So I mean, well, I don't know if I'll stick with it, but it was like, okay, interesting. I do like a good time travel show. Hmm. Back to the time tunnel days. Yes, but anyway, so that's well, TV. Well, it is, but then I've forgotten that you mentioned something else that you've been watching and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, and that was the Lego Masters show. Oh, yes. It's weird. If, I, if it wasn't a real show, I'd... I think it was like a Christopher Morris best take. Yep. Because you got Hamish Blake hosting this show where it's like a cooking show, but you've got two, you've got teams of two making Lego builds like under a theme or whatever. It's only three weeks and I think it's three episodes a week. So it's only like nine episodes or 10 episodes mm. long. So they it's not going to ever say it's welcome. Hamish Blake's like a very iconic Australian comedian for any, do we have international listeners? Probably not. So yeah, Hamish is very sarcastic. Yep. In a lot of ways, and he's hosting it like it's a piss take. Okay. Because he's there saying, ooh, this is dramatic, you know. I didn't know what to do. Actually, I do know what to do. I'm, the producer ha- tells me. And I'm not really <laughs> worried because I'm the host. What's going to happen to me? Yeah. You know, and he does 
stuff like that. But okay. then he goes, oh, you know, it's not one of those shows where we go, oh, you don't have much time in dramatic music. And then red flashing lights plays and the clock and a siren goes, oh, no, that means you've got two hours to go. So it's it's funny in that way. I People don't like it. A few people are saying that he's annoying, where I, I actually appreciate it. They're making some good Lego. Like, it's, it's fascinating what people can build. Okay. I actually forgot that it was on because I was keen to watch it. But then I can probably pick it up on one of the uh, the catch-ups it's on funny Channel though, 9. They've got their teams and they've obviously grabbed a few groups on what these sort of builds can like. These two guys really like their robots and they're very technical-looking stuff. Other guys, they're very cutesy. They're a couple. And they've had three builds so far and they've built themselves into each one. Okay. It's just so... So are they AFOLs, as in adult fans of Lego, or are they just people off the street? They definitely know how to build. Some of the stuff they're building is really, really nice stuff. Mm. Techniques are interesting, but you sort of look at it going, of course you're going to build that. That's your technique, you know, sort of do something different. But um, it's really cool. But, yeah, it's it's not important TV, that's for sure. Well, speaking of important TV, there is one thing that I did forget to mention, Mm. and I am a little bit behind because I've only watched the first two. So you can briefly go over that the latest season of Game of Thrones has started. Yes. I am two episodes in. The rest of the world is three episodes in. Yes. So far, I'm kind of digging it. I'm a little bit upset that it is the last season, but I know they're going to try and tie everything up in these last episodes. Mm. I haven't seen the big battle yet. So no spoilers for anyone that hasn't seen it either. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I'm kind of digging it. Well, I was a bit disappointed in that first episode because I go, all right, we're going to have a year off. We're going to come back with the final season. It's only going to be six episodes long. So what the fuck? And they go, but don't worry, they're all going to be movie length. So, okay, I can live with that maybe. First episode, we're watching, watching. Not a lot happened. But it was really good though. It was that that, that recap you needed where it's like, all right, where are all the pieces on the game board? Yeah. It's like, that's where that person is. They're okay, boom, boom, boom. We got to see where everyone is. Okay, I'm with it. Yeah, and there was a lot of reunions. There was yeah. people like the Hound and Arya got yeah. to see each other for the first time in you know years. And yeah, so it was everyone got together. So okay, yeah. cool, cool. I know where everyone is. And but it's only fifty-five minutes long. It's like, hang on. Yeah, it's been they were all going to be movie length. What's going on here? But I was happy that we sort of got that. Everyone, I know where everyone is. Yeah. Then next episode, what along? And it was the day before, basically. Yeah. And it was sort of like everyone's in place and it's just sort of that calm before the storm. Everyone's having their conversations with each other, setting up where they're at. And I found it great. I thought it was a great episode. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's, it's like in Jaws, which is a near perfect movie. You know, when they're on the boat and they're drunk and they're singing, no way to show me the way to go home. Yeah. And they're comparing scars. It's like that scene. Yeah. It's that, you know. In a hour long episode. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. I liked it. So that was really cool. And then episode three was a, and again, but again, only 55 minutes. I was like, what the fuck? You told me this was going to be. But now, next episode was pretty fucking big, if not dark. And it was 77 minutes long. That's yeah. all I'm going to tell you about it. Okay. Mm-hmm. But a lot happens. A lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot. My aim is to watch it. So at least I can talk to the people at work because the lady I sit next to at work is like, did you watch it? Did you watch it? And I'm like, no, don't say anything. And then someone else came in and they're just about to start spoilers. And they're like, shush, Joe hasn't watched it yet. Yeah, so, very nice of them. Yeah. But I figure if it's any later than probably three or four days, spoilers be damned. It's my fault for not watching it, not their fault for spoiling it. Yeah, so Fair enough. Yeah. All right. That's TV. Yep. Right. Should we jump into movies? You go to movies. You talk. All right. Well, I had been listening to a podcast about the Zodiac Killer, and I got about five episodes into the podcast, and I thought, oh, there's a movie about the Zodiac Killer. that By Fincher. Yeah. That came out a few years ago, starring Jake Gyllenhaal and a few other people. 
I think Robert Downey in it. Yeah, Robert Downey, yeah. Mark Ruffalo. Quite a huge cast that a lot of them weren't that big when it came out. But unfortunately, I only got about halfway in and I gave up because it was just too boring. Oh, really? I heard it was really good, but you really got to be in for it. Yeah. And I think you need to know the story of the Zodiac Killer really well because I'd listened to some of the podcasts so I knew who some of the characters were. But they didn't use a lot of names. So when people came in and it was like they were in one scene you kind of had to know who that was to understand the importance of who they were. Okay. But as I said, it, it was well acted, but it was just really long and drawn out. And it was late on a Friday night. My wife and I were watching it and we got to a point where we were like, yeah, it's late. Maybe we should go to bed or let's see how much longer we've got to go. And we sort of looked and it was still an hour and a half of the movie to go. And we're like, no, we can't do this. So I might go back to it and finish the end, but I'm not sure if I will. Yeah. Another movie that I think you mentioned earlier in the year that I really dug because we watched it on Foxtel just recently was Upgrade. Yep. And without giving away too much spoilers of that, it's a little bit Matrixy. It's a little bit kind of original in its concept. A bit Venom. Yeah, a little bit. The Venom movie. Yeah, but it is incredibly fucking violent. Yes. And a couple of the fight scenes were so icky I had to turn away. Really. But there's this one bit with a knife in someone's mouth that, uh, yeah. yeah, that was a bit too gross for me. And there's a couple of the scenes of the like medical type procedures that I thought were pretty icky as well. But it, it's pretty much a cast of nobodies. It's very low budget. So yeah, Lee Winnell and James Wan did the original Saw movies. And then James Wan went on to do bigger and better things, including a... A Fast and the Furious movie. Oh, a little thing called Aquaman. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> and Lee Winnell kind of came back to Australia and did low-budget horror sci-fi movies, like this one. Yep. But it was fun. I, I really enjoyed it. It's it's short and it's quite fast-paced. And, yeah, other than the ickiness and a couple of fight scenes, I would highly recommend it. Yep. And another movie I watched, because I don't know why, but I'd seen the trailer, and the trailer is just instead of being random clips from the movie, the trailer is just one scene from the film, and that's Destination Wedding, starring Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder. Oh, yeah. And they are two neurotic sort of 40-somethings that meet in an airport and realise they're both going to some little country town to go to a wedding, and it's pretty much just them, the whole movie. There's, I think, only one other person that has any dialogue in the film, and it is purely just them and their neuroses and it's kind of like will they get together will they not get together Mm -hmm. and just the relationship between these two very bizarre individuals and it's almost you could look at it and go is this a documentary about Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder or are they playing characters Mm -hmm. because yeah they are just out there but very funny a lot of it is very real in its Mm humour quite well written very well so yeah I would recommend that Cool. But that's that's my movies. I haven't had any trips to the cinema. All right. But I know you have seen I'll The s- Biggest of the Beach. We'll talk three. All right, we'll get to that. Okay. Well, I'll start off with Next of Kid. Okay. I, was, I was talking to a friend and she made a, me- re- a reference to me. And I was kind of insulted because she said, you should see Not Quite Hollywood. It's like, should I? Maybe I've already seen it like five, ten years ago. You know, it's a documentary about Australian exploitation cinema. Yeah. Which is awesome. And I've seen a lot of the movies in it. It's like, of course I fucking see it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and she was talking about one of her favourite movies is in that movie. They did a reference to it, but I've never been able to find it. And I was like, what's that? And she goes, oh, it was this horror movie I saw when I was like grade five or grade six. And it's yep. always stuck with me. It's this horror movie. It's like, and it's called Next of Kin, but it's, she couldn't remember the name of it. And it was like, but it's the name of some Patrick Swayze movie, so I could never find it. Okay. It's that. And I was like, well, what was it? And we found it was Next of Kin. I was like, Black Dog, Roadhouse. <laughs> So, and then it just actually, Umbrella Entertainment or whatever, just released it on DVD and Blu-ray in the last three or four months. Nice. Oh, that's weird. 
Hmm. You mention things and things happen. Strange. So, yeah, she she got on. She goes, do you want to come over and watch it with me? Because it's scary. So I was honorary Vanessa for the night because she watched it with her friend Vanessa back when she was in grade six. So I was Vanessa. And nowhere up? near as a scary. I was too. Um, nowhere near as a scary as she remembered it. And I watched it and it's like, it's very much a, it's a mid-80s film uh, with John Jarrett in it. There's a few other people that you might recognise. Um, and it's it's very Shining-like. Like, there's a lot of shining about it. No one was scary. Not really gross either. So is it like that episode of The Simpsons where it's like, it's the shitting, don't say, so we don't get sued? Not quite, but it's funny because you watch all the extras on it because that's what you do. And there's a guy saying, oh, people compare to The Shining, but I've I never seen it. And this and that. And it's like, really? Got the twins and the girl and the corridors and the hotel and okay. there's a lot of shining in there mm. but it, it had some really nice stuff the old naked person in the bath that's like scatman crothers no scatman oh, yeah so tell them it's cool to see like it maybe sort of want to go back and watch some old aussie movies and i sort of did yeah. Because I went and saw a little film that I may have talked about 75 million times before, Mad Max Again. Really? Mad yes. Max Again? Is that the sequel? No, I saw Mad Max. But this time, I've seen it on DVD. I've seen it on television. I've seen it on video. I've seen it at the Astor Theatre with a live jazz band accompaniment. I've seen it at the Australian Centre for the Moving Image. Yep. I've seen it at the drive-in. But I haven't seen it at ScienceWorks. And they played it for the 40th anniversary of ScienceWorks recently. Yeah. Because they actually filmed a bit there. I did that. I did not know. And I've been to ScienceWorks plenty of times. It's mm. like, and then I'm watching the movie going, of course it fucking is. It's right there. Okay. <laughs> but they, they had Johnny the Boy came out and introduced it. They had a bunch of replica cars there. Oh, nice. And stuff like that. So it was cool. And it's probably the best I've seen it. Like they had a, I don't know, a sort of digital screen. It was outside yeah. with the Westgate bridge in the background it was a nice it was a bit chilly but i had a beanie and a, and a you know a, a scarf so i was all good plus mum playing footy that night so i had a, a headphone in my ear <laughs> as well, listening to the footy but yeah the the picture was great so it was obviously it was a blu-ray you could tell because yeah. you saw the menu come out when they played it but the sound was the best i've ever heard it okay so whatever speaker system was very good very professional hmm. so it was a good picture good sound even with the footy in your other ear oh, great movie well i know the movie so well yeah. you don't really need so which bit did they film at Science Rex? The Halls of Justice, the police station, is oh, down like near the, the pumping, pumping station. station. In between the two is okay. the car park. Ah. Yeah. What would it have been back in the 70s when they filmed it? Would it have actually Nothing been was, the pumping station? Well, I don't know when the pumping station stopped pumping the poo, but um, it might have still been. Hmm. A little bit of Melbourne cinema history. Yeah, so that was really cool. Nice. And I, I took a mate because when the tickets came out, I just bought two tickets going, fuck it, I'm going to see it, I don't care. Yeah. So I bought two. And the mates just moved down from Canberra. And he's a motorbike rider. So yeah. I said, you want to come? Come a bit of Melbourne. He goes, this is not normal Thursday night viewing, but okay. And he came and he goes, and he wanted to go for a ride because he's got a motorbike. And it's like, that's not the good thing to show me before I go for my first ride. <laughs> like first big long ride. It's like, yeah, just stay here. And he goes, but if I come off my bike, you're coming to get me with a, like, like goose. <laughs> you're, yep. coming, you're coming to get me with a ute. It's like, yeah, all right, no worries. Yeah, so I saw that. So that was good to see again in another way. I don't think there's many more formats I can see this film. Probably not. No. You could probably watch it driving down the highway with the truck in front of you, projecting it onto the back of the uh, the Pro Mover or something. That's kind of cool. Yeah. I could do that. See, now that we've said that, someone's going to steal that idea yeah. and not give us the credit we deserve. Some new hipster thing that people do. Fuck. Anyway. Yeah. Right, so they're my movies. Except for one little film that I saw. A little art house film called Avengers Endgame. And what's that about? What's it about? Three hours, Three hours long. <laughs> yes, it's a long film, but it needed to be, I guess. Yep. Like, what would you cut out? I don't know. Could it have been two films? Yes, but I wouldn't have done it that way. 
because you just sort of piss people off. You could have done it. You could have technically split this in two and made two, but we've taken 10 years to get to this point. You would have just pissed people off to do that. So it's it's like Game of Thrones. Like you said, we've got to this point now. We've got to the end game of Game of Thrones. So it's sort of like, we're going to see how it ends. And this is that movie, really. Yeah. It's had to end at some point. Like some of these movies just go on forever. Like we've had the Batman franchise that just sort of petered out. Yeah. They did end the Nolan Batman films. There was an ending to that. Other movies just sort of go until no one cares anymore. Fast and the Furious? Still going. Yeah. yeah so, but yeah, Bond movies, they sort of reinvent. Well, this is, no, this is an ongoing story. So this is like a comic. And this movie is definitely like an annual. If you were reading comics back in the 80s and 90s, like I was, they'd have an annual every year. So you'd have your 12 issues and then an, an annual. And with the annual, it was always bigger thicker might have reprints but it's also got big stories and if it was if it, if it was marvel tc i think did it as well but they would have a crossover so between all the titles they would cross over and do one big event and this essentially felt like that so it was bigger longer and everyone crossed over in it yeah and we sort of got that with the last avengers film but this is bigger again and like we're talking three hours is it a perfect film no is it important no no movie really <laughs> is but did they accomplish something yes there's like no other. Yes, we've got franchises. There's 25 Bond movies. There's so many Terminators, so many Rockies, and all but that sort of thing. This isn't just a franchise. This is a cinematic universe. Isn't yeah, it? and it's you've got Thor movies that have come together with the Iron Man movies and the Captain America movies and all this. So they're all coming together successfully. Like this, could, they could have fucked this up so many ways along the way, Can't and they like never they did. did with Justice League. Well, they never. That was a false start from the beginning, yeah. basically. And that's I went with. Friend of the show, Julian James. Yep. Doesn't listen to the show, he's just a friend of it. And we, yeah, we watched this amazing culmination of 10 years, 22 films. We're walking back to the car and we're going, fuck DC, fucked it up. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we could take out about it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's it's an amazing feat. And the fact so many people were excited to go see it and made a billion dollars in its opening week, which is ridiculous. It's just crazy, isn't it? You know, my sister and my wife, because I always see the movies first and they'll catch up later, they were like trying to beat me. And they go, oh, let's book in early. We're booking in first. I, I beat them by a day because my sister's shifts didn't <laughs> accommodate terribly well for her. But And I had the footy the day it opened, so I had to miss the whole fucking day before I could see it. It was like, I've got to stay off social media. Yeah, Nothing happened that I really wasn't expecting, but still, it's like, I don't know. when they're, they're bringing out this stuff saying, don't spoil the end game. It's like, what, what happens? What's the big deal? But anyway... But yeah, the, the fact that it did what it did and it, 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 it accomplished something amazing. And Jules was saying on the way there, it's not since Star Wars can I think of such a hype for yeah. a film. Like, this is a big deal. This is an event. Like, especially the, when The Phantom Menace. When The Phantom Menace and Force Awakens, probably those two. Yeah. Because I remember when I was a kid, yes, when Return of the Jedi came out, it was a big deal. Batman... To, to a point because it was a good three months after it came out in the States. So there was a bit of hype around that. And Ghostbusters 2, Last Crusade. I remember those years maybe because I was a kid going to the movies. I was allowed to go by myself. It was yep. sort of that time where I could go and, you know, have my independence and see film. But they seemed big thanks to Entertainment Tonight and just things that were going on. But when The Phantom Menace came out, that was huge. Like Maya had this whole section downstairs devoted to Star Wars stuff, all the toys and all this sort of shit. It was a big deal. You go midnight screenings and everyone was so excited about this potential, what's it going to be? And so, and then with the next two films, it was all that next time. We'll get it this time. He's going to get it right. And then with The Force Awakens, it was, again, it was a good 10 years break or more. Yeah. And it was sort of like, ah, oh, it's back. Star Wars is back. And everyone was excited again. So I can't think of anything else getting that. Like the Nolan movie, like the 
the first Nolan Batman film came out of nowhere. No one was looking for a Batman film. Yeah, that's true. And it was happened to be really good. And by the third one, you know, Arthur Heath Ledger was like, oh, this is good. And then the third one, it was sort of like, to me, a bit of a fizzer, but mm. still, still a good film. I, I still haven't seen it. Missing a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, there's not many movies that can be this. Like, obviously, the um, I, I guess probably Fifty another, Shades or Twilight were big deals. Well, I was going to say either Twilight or Harry Potter is yeah. probably another one. Well, Lord of the Rings. Were, I mean, that was yeah. 20 years ago nearly. Yeah, where people were actually you know, lining up and mm. pre-buying their tickets months in, in advance sort of thing. Yeah, so it, it's been a while since we've had an experience build up like this. Yep. And it's an end. It definitely is an end. But there was more to come. But it just to pull but those were all franchises. Like they were one set of movies that went forward and this is it. Yeah, this know? is where this is one set of movies, but there's a sum of all parts are different. And then it goes off in we're gonna get more Thor, we're gonna get more Spider Man. It's, it's still going. But this was a big moment and a lot of people have invested time into this. And uh, did I talk about my trivia night last episode? Yep. Yeah, so the fact that we were talking to those guys who were thirteen when this opened. Yeah, when you know. the first Iron Man. Yep. Exactly. So this has been their whole life. You know, their whole real cinema going life has pretty much been this. Yeah. And it's not normal. No. It, it's for them it is because they've had it, you know, most of their life. They don't think of anything else. But for us, it's not normal. I'm used to this sort of idea as far as comics go. The crossover and shared universe, it totally makes sense to me. But nothing else has been done like this before, and they pulled it off. It's been amazing. I'm, I'm going to say, see it. It's good. I mean, that's my review. It's more, I'm more impressed with the concept behind everything, the fact that they did it. Now, I'm quite a long way behind on the Marvel movies. Mm. So I think they said there's a big six that you need to watch definitely before you see it. Mm-hmm. And that was the Iron Man's... I think it was Winter Soldier, Black Panther, and the last Avengers. You do want to watch the last Avengers. Like, yeah. it really, Avengers, Infinity War, and this are one film. Okay. You could almost put it as a five-hour movie. Yep. So it's not like I need to watch all 22 of the movies out of the ones I've missed to pick things up? Not really. Having Black Panther, knowing that there's so much in it, so much in it. Yeah. And knowing the old ones help because okay. there is a reason, and I'm not going to go into details, but knowing all the other films, I'm not going to say which ones, but there's certain ones that sort of like, you might want to know those. Right. Mm. So maybe I do need to catch up on a lot of stuff before I go and watch it. Yeah, you probably get away with, you know, one Guardians of the Galaxy and one Thor. Just trying to think. There's only one Doctor Strange. Spider-Man's there. Yeah. don't know which. Oh, just watch them all. Okay. It's not that hard. Hmm. All right, well, maybe yeah. I should dedicate a couple of weeks to catch up and then I should go and see And that's the it. thing, there's no real duds amongst them. Incredible Hulk's not great. It's fine. And the worst, you know, is probably Thor 2, but still, there's nothing and The first wrong, Ant-Man was it? a bit rubbish. It's just small. It's, yeah. it's not a huge movie in that sense. It's just, a, oh, yeah, it's a palate cleanser after big movies. Mm-hmm. You watch those ones. Okay. But, yeah, no, it, 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 it paid off. It was good. It was Good value. Well done, Kevin Feige and the boys and girls. You've done a great job. Awesome. And yeah. All right. Well, that's movies. Okay. Before we wrap up, I would just quickly mention one other little excursion that I had, and that was the Muriel's Wedding, the musical. Now, I'm a big fan of the movie of Muriel's Wedding, and when they announced that the musical was coming to Melbourne, I was pretty excited. I didn't really know what they were going to do with it. I hadn't heard any of the song structure or anything like that. But I really, really enjoyed it. The staging was phenomenal because they had like an ensemble cast, but they also had a rotating stage where they would move things around to change from, say, being outdoors to being in a bedroom. And just the way it was put together was really well done. All of the talking bits of the movie were pretty much lines of dialogue from the movies. And then they just kind of put the songs in between the the dialogue. Yep. They did a really good way they interpreted the ABBA songs, where anytime there was an ABBA song, they had like 
four people dressed up as ABBA that would come onto stage and kind of sing the ABBA song in the background. Nice. Yeah, so that was nice. They kind of modernised it a little bit where instead of marrying a South African who was getting away from apartheid, she was marrying a a Russian swimmer who was getting away from the whole anti-gay side of Russia. Okay. That was done really well. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think they padded out or they they fleshed out the story of the mother's death a lot better because in the movie, the mum kind of dies and then it's kind of like the turning point where she realises her life's a bit shit. But the mum kind of is insignificant and her death is kind of insignificant in the movie, but they actually make more of a big deal about it in the the play, which I thought was really well done. But it is still on here in Melbourne for, I think, another month and a half. And I think they're giving deals for cheaper tickets at the moment. But if you like musicals, if you like Muriel's Wedding, I would highly recommend it. Have not seen Muriel's Wedding. Really? Mm. Mm. It's an Australian classic. No, Mad Max. But anyway, it's not I, Robert I, Stopper. No, I would highly recommend it though. Cool. Anyway, that's probably us for this month. All right. Nice place to wrap up. We've talked almost for almost as an hour. Long as Avengers Endgame. No, we've no. only gone about a third of that. No. Oh, okay. right, anyway. Let's go. Let's break it. Let's go three hours. All right, let's talk about everything that happens in Endgame and how it's related to everything else. I couldn't even remember. That'll be on Geek Dudes, won't it, when you record this week? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. If you want to hear that recap, go to Geek Dudes. Go to Geek Dudes. And we'll we'll talk about Paul Jones' love life and dropping the C word a lot more. Hmm, Probably, because that's what you do. Pretty much. That's what the fans want. Exactly. Anyway, that's us for a month. So if you have any feedback, you can jump on our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. You can find us on our webpage, which is themapodcast.podbean.com. And we are the MA Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, thank you very much, Mitch. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Contagious to be broken Save us in someone Please save us